I'd castrate you and marry you in a heartbeat. Do you want to come with me? Sporus? Carrie is literally 50 years younger than him. Like, quite literally. That dynamic is so disturbing. I'm not even going to lie. So, so I think it, it says sort of something because he understands what Carrie is to him. And no matter how he feels, he doesn't want his son to be that to someone, someone else. else. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I didn't know, like, white weddings did Ashrebi or white people did Ashrebi for their weddings. <laughs> they definitely have matching stuff, yeah. No, because like in this episode, yeah, on the last day, like all the guys were wearing cream and then during the Monopoly game, everyone was wearing different shades of blue. Even Connor that's, and Jerry that's were basically wearing the same. That's just filming. Yeah, yeah but, but like, like they actually do that though. <laughs> see, see, the thing is, even on the last day, for example, like apart from Roman, I think, no, not Kenno, Greg, Tom and, oh shit, Greg, Tom and Logan were all wearing cre- cream suits. So you answered the question. Bro, that's the answer. So it is filmmaking then. Yo, okay, yeah. Okay, Shout yeah, out I costume see. design. Oh, shit. That's the same. Welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm your host, Bankole Mokwede, and I'm joined for this final Succession Season 3 episode by someone you all know as the Dick Pickler, by just calling my co-host Jibs. And returning to the pod, it's the Kurt Cobain of the fucking floaties. It's Ebube. How's everyone doing? I'll take it. <laughs> that was an unbelievable, unbelievable introduction. Christ. What do you mean everyone knows him as the Dick Pickler? That's what they know him as. What have you been up to? You, don't really, you really don't. <laughs> um... That's the voice of our producer who doesn't who didn't want to stay away from this episode. Yeah, why is he here? I don't know. You know, he wanted his own only on that chance to talk about Shiv in her Italian dresses, but we'll kick him out that soon. That was very entertaining to listen to. And you showed your face again. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously we're gonna talk about succession season three, episode nine, the finale of this season, and I guess what we could expect in future seasons. Hopefully season four won't take another two years to come out. So. Hopefully not, man. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, but before we go into all that, a quick bit of admin. This is obviously going, probably going to be a quite a long episode, but some things we have to get out of the way first of all. Um, the Golden Globes nominations came out earlier today. By the time you listen to this, it'll be a couple of days. I don't, I'm happy because I have something else to talk about. I can talk about Succession instead of the Golden Globes. Um, maybe we'll do an episode when the actual show comes out. I don't know yet. So this will be the last of our succession episodes, but we have some episodes planned before we go on our winter break. We've got the Frozen episode coming up, don't we? Do you want to do a Frozen episode? Well, I know a friend who really wants to do a Frozen episode, so you can, I might have to. That friend to is obviously in quotes. Let's stop lying. You know you want to do... Your warm-up is always singing Let It Go, so I don't know. <laughs> you can do your Frozen episode. You feel free. I'm not stopping you. Do the Frozen episode. Um... Yeah, next week I'll be joined by a guest to highlight some of the TV shows that you might have missed this year, just in case you need shows to watch during the Christmas break. So some good to great shows that maybe you think people didn't really talk about this year. And I'll hopefully be giving my top 10 of the year. So you guys can tune in for that next week. Love a good top 10, don't you? Actually, also, I might be, I should be releasing an article sometime next week, but my first article of the year. So yeah, this is Obira's final appearance before our winter break. He wants to spend time with his family or some some bullshit like that i don't know so i, I might bring all the bring, that i can man 
I might bring him back in to do our Golden Globes episode. Most likely not, but we'll see. Um, yeah, and finally, please follow us on whatever platform you listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I think that's all for admin. And we're just going to talk about Succession now, man. The finale, written by Jesse Armstrong, directed by Mike Milloyd. What did you guys think? Sorry, Yobira. What do you think of this episode? Really like the episode. I mean, Succession, if there's a if there's a Succession episode in fucking space, I'd like it anyway. So I'm the wrong guy to be asking. But I really liked how everything came together. Obviously, there are a couple of things here and there where I'm just like, mm. but at the same time, I thought it was a well done episode and how sort of like all the things I was thinking together and like how the kids should, you know, take a step back and just think, maybe we might be better. Like, I don't think our dad rates us. They finally come to that realization and I think they really did it well. Yeah, I mean, this show really loves a, a takeover at the wedding, don't they? Weddings, man. Uh, what do you think of the, and apparently maybe a murder? I mean, no one literally died this time, but a lot of souls were crushed this episode. What do you think of the episode, Ibibi? I thought it was very well done. I think it's interesting in the way of bringing things to a close, but also keeping all of us very, very, very worried. Mm-hmm. Um, is the whole thing about, um, as you just said, weddings being ominous. I mean, Game of Thrones was the old, um, oh. if, it's, if a wedding is happening, bad things are going <laughs> to come of this type of thing. And, um, and now, you know, succession is starting to do that. It's just weird. I don't know whether it's every time there's a wedding or every time Lady Carolyn shows up, but I'm here for it either I mean, way. Yeah, it does make me a bit worried about what could happen with the potential um, Connor and Willa wedding. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll talk about we that will. eventually. Uh, um, oh yeah, I forgot that's coming up as well, isn't it? <laughs> not if Willa could get her away. Because I mean, there was like, yeah, she had like this bitter, bittersweet Bro, she face. was crying just watching it yeah, happen Yeah, it wasn't bittersweet. It was, it was bitter. It was bitter. It wasn't bittersweet. It was just like, bitter. My bad, my bad. I... I miss that. Actually, let's just talk about them over here. Actually, yeah. I miss that. The first time I watched it, I missed that she when she was crying in the in the chapel or whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's actually. Oh yeah, crying. she was crying. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. And it wasn't like the happy tears people have at weddings. Connor was looking at her like, "You good, bro?" <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> I mean, I'm just laughing at her because, like, what what happened to like you know ten seconds ago when you were like, "Fuck it." Yeah, I mean, she was like, fuck it, that's not really, like, what's the worst that could happen? It's not really the most romantic answer to a proposal. Yeah. It's not really what I'm trying to hear. But um, I don't want to sort of look too far ahead. I don't really think, I don't think she would leave if, like, presented the option. I think she's just so accustomed to this lifestyle, uh, way of life sort of thing that it's like Tom, like, given the option of, like, stay and be miserable with this husband or go back to your you know, normal mundane life as a failed actress and something else. Um, escort girl. We don't really, yeah. Part time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like pick one. Yeah. No, Willa, Willa will come around. Willa will come around. Um, she has to. Do you know who did, who came around this episode? It's the Roy kids, man. They all <laughs> came around to finally being on the same page. Yeah, man. And. Let's talk about it, the alliance, the alliance of the kids. What do you think of that scene when they're all together? There's something really wrong with me, Shiv. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. Uh, well, it's okay. It's... I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not feeling very connected. 
to my children or my endeavors right now. And uh, I can't get one thing right with another, you know? I'm, I'm, I don't know what happened. I tried to do something. I, I, I really, I, I tried. I tried. I know, man. I know, you fucked it. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, that's what happened, yeah. I took a shot. But it's like, it didn't matter. It's but. just business, okay? Like, we're all fucked. Everything just sort of got mixed up. This is what everyone has been waiting for, right? Everybody has been saying, oh, why won't you guys get together? The show kind of teased that possibility in episode two. And that kind of becomes realized this episode. And we're like, they had to go on these individual journeys or whatever to get to this point. When it was happening, I was like, oh, okay, this is the only way it would have made sense for you guys to be on the same page, isn't it? Like, first of all, you guys all need to be desperate enough to to need each other mm-hmm. to and have each other's back. Because in episode two, Kendall has the papers. He doesn't, he's not desperate enough to have to want Shiv or or Roman. Shiv and Roman think that they are going to be the next in line. So neither of them is desperate enough to to really need the other. We're desperate enough that we're not even gonna be angry about the minutiae of it. So I thought, yeah, there are two things that needed. You needed one to be desperate for it. And then the other one, I think they needed a reason to believe yeah, yeah, one yeah. another, to believe that there will be no backstabbing. And it reminded me of, there's this thing I read or heard somewhere, which I don't know, it could be bullshit or whatever, but it was like, the best way to get someone to trust you is not to do them a favor, is to ask a favor of them. Okay. I think what that what that thing was saying was that essentially you being vulnerable to that person makes them trust you more than like you offering to help them with something. Right. Right. So Kendall in that moment telling these guys this thing, like this is what unprovoked essentially is like I've been dealing with this for maybe, I don't know, five, six months, whatever. And like this is what's on my mind, this is what is putting me down every time. He shares it with his siblings. And I think in that moment they're like, oh, okay, we we can't trust you. Like yeah, and it's sort you of like are what, our brother, actually. Sort of like where he's just come from in the sense that he literally almost committed suicide. And they're like, I mean, we, you know, we hate you, but we don't hate you like that. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want you to die. And it's that, like, that scene when Kendall came around and it was all four of them, like, you know, the whole Connor and the eldest and yeah, the eldest brother the thing. Yeah, brunch table or whatever. Yeah, and it's, oh Kendall, was like, <laughs> Kendall was like, um, you guys all have um, you guys all have problems. It's not just me. And they were like, "Yeah, but um, you know, yours sort of you know takes priority." <laughs> they like right suicide. Now. Kind of jumps the line. Jumps the line and stuff. You cut the queue. Yeah, yeah. But what are your what are your thoughts on the kids finally? They finally coming together. I think it's a good thing. On some level, I am surprised. On another level, I'm impressed. I'm impressed <laughs> that um, in the car when. <laughs> Shiv goes, Kendall chair, Roman and me CEO. And then nobody argues about it. Like that's very uncharacteristic mm-hmm. of them. That tells you how desperate they are. Nobody was like, okay, I should do this. I should do that. They're on the same page for yeah. the first time as to, we have a goal here. Let's accomplish that first. You know, I never expected yeah. Kendall to reveal his secret to them, you know, but I think that it makes sense because 
it has renewed his kinship with them. And I think it played a big part in them presenting a united front to Logan because now he doesn't mm-hmm. have to feel as alone as he has all this time. That's one of the reasons he's been siloed off and he's felt fine doing what he's mm-hmm. been doing and going against the family because he's felt, of course, that it's him against them. It's him against their principles. But one of the things that sort of spurred him to that, made him feel like it had to be that way, was because he had this thing that he couldn't share. So there's this big part of his life that's been eating him alive, Mm -hmm. and he had nothing that he knew what to do with. So, so, I mean, it's it's been a little strange for him, but at the very least, now that whole thing holds a little bit less power over him as a weapon of Logan. I killed a kid, and... Yeah, they're they're coming for me. They're gonna come for me. Is this uh, is this real? What the fuck? At your wedding. What? Or oh, shit. The kid. That kid. Uh, you mean the waiter kid? The... I was high, and I was looking for to score, and I was drunk. I was fucked up, but I drove. And he saw something and he snatched at the wheel and we went into the water. And then I left him in there and ran. Okay, uh, let's, we gotta get you, come on, let's. It's fucking lonely. Hey. I'm all apart. Yeah, it was very interesting to me that he ended his conversation with Logan in the previous episode, basically saying, I'm a good person, I don't want to be you. Yeah. And then he starts that conversation outside the party with, I am not a good person. It's like... Yeah, that's... Because Logan convinces him, you know, he's like, I'm a killer, you know? Mm-hmm. And as, speaking of which, like, there were a few moments there where the camera um, lingered in that scene. I hope nobody was listening to them because that's like a whole new set of problems. Yeah, I just... Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to be like, this, show, this is not this show. Like, no, I think... Yeah. Like you said before, it's like, Succession is what is in front of you. It's not yeah. anything. That's, that's a whole different exactly. set of problems. That, yeah, because I was even, I was rewatching, obviously when I was rewatching the episode, I was like, oh shit. Obviously at this point I knew who it was, but like, I was like, oh shit, you're saying who, who alerted Logan? It could have been your taxi driver. You could have just saying this plan right in front of your taxi <laughs> driver. If I was someone yeah. I that a few extra $10,000, I'm just going to call him quickly. I'm like, only 10. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to overshoot my, my request. Are they expected to like avoid leaks in this? Yeah, you guys so, seeing this plan right there, just in the back of the taxi. Sorry, okay. following up on what um what everybody said, I think the they sort of come to the realization because over the past three seasons we've seen that what matters to these kids the most is their dad's validation, mm-hmm. yeah, and their dad's approval, and they've done this at the expense of their you know relationships between each other, and mm-hmm. they sort of realize now that you know we're probably never going to get this or. You know, we're literally about to have our stakes and, you know, valuations in this company diluted to hell. And this, you know, psychopathic tech bro is about to eat us alive, you know, about to just be, you know, worthless, unimportant billionaires. That's probably how they're thinking mm-hmm. in their minds. So, mm-hmm. and for them, that just says that, you know, giving away the company and we're never going to get dad's validation through this company because our dad is literally just like fucking us right now so we need to stop fucking around 
you're right because all the skills fall from or rather the skills from fall from all their eyes because i think even when kendall knew it was not going to be him he still thought it was going to be somebody mm-hmm. right she thought it was going to be her or she had to fight roman mm-hmm. roman thought it was going to be him they're, but now they're like oh wait you're telling me that you could take this entirely out of the company mm-hmm. uh, out of the family like just not even Connor, yeah. like not sure. even the first pancake. And we're like, the oh, eldest, never, we, never we do need to fight. We need to do to fight here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I really like, I really like the, the, if you're carrying like just the, the siblings, if you take only their scenes, as like from this episode, I just really like the, the arc that they go on. It's very, it's cool. It's very few times that we've seen them this honest, vulnerable. I don't know, yeah, like I in mean, terms of their, of their feelings yeah, the and everything time, yeah. from, they hate feelings. The few times where it does, it's kind of like, um, like there was that bit, was it um, Shiv's wedding where they were on a boat and they all mm-hmm. had like the little big sibling hug. Yeah. And there was that other bit in season two where um, Roman was like, let's talk about our feelings and all like, talk about our feelings? Talk about the picture? Talk about it. Uh, but yeah, and it's like, this one is no one has any ulterior motive. It's from, even from the Monopoly, like Roman is cracking his jokes or whatever, but Gosh, it's, again, it's those jokes that kind oh, of bring so. Kendall out of it. What did he say? Right. That, <laughs> that's why I had to Look, wait this long for a gin and tonic. Those jokes are funny. That's just brilliant writing, man. I need to know, I just, I need to have that, you know, the scripts in front of me. I need to know what is being improvised and what is actually being written. Yeah. Yeah. This is incredible. Incredible stuff. It's cool what they do. We all we've all been waiting for this, and I'm so happy it came now because if it happened in episode two, it felt very underwhelming. It would have worked out. I think now it was earned. Yeah, yeah. I I just think that um, the way the way they've come together, we've probably never seen we've never seen that from them. I I probably would even estimate that it hasn't been like this since maybe their early adulthood. I think they've kind of been growing farther and farther yep. apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though they're like so silver spooned. They are in this tiny little rat race of their own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, imagine Logan had this idea that, like, none of them is ever going to think to take me down or be able to take me down if they're too busy fighting each other, mm-hmm. you know? And it's interesting how that's worked out. Yeah, that's incredibly spot on because even in the feature right for the episode, Jesse Armstrong was like, this is the first time that they're together probably since their, their teenage years. Yeah. And it, it, again, what you said about Logan makes sense and works because, again, he finds the weak one and sends that one to boarding school. Exactly. And what, what happens there is that Roman has this memory of Kendall being the reasons in boarding school. So Roman hates Kendall mm-hmm. and then they are fighting and then she's in politics. Meanwhile, so like, Connor was like the surrogate father figure whereas Connor, and he was un- ill-equipped for any of that. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I think that's why, because that way they needed, they needed to both be desperate enough to believe each other or rather to need each other and then vulnerable enough to believe each other is like, okay. Exactly. How much, how much older is Connor to, because Kendall is 40. So how old is yeah. Connor yeah, supposed th- to be? I think we got into this a little, uh, in I, my I'm head. I'm going to say, I, I think it's at least 10. Yeah. Mm. The whole eldest son thing in this episode. As an eldest son myself, I wanted to cry for this guy. But at the same time, it's like, you kind of know what they mean. Like they mean, eldest is it, is it they mean eldest son from this marriage or just eldest son of relevance yeah. which is like worse no it's definitely it's definitely <laughs> of, re- of relevance and that's the thing because they all knew like nobody even thought to be like oh well but connor like they all knew what kendall meant in that moment mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and, and it's, it, but it's in, the first time connor has ever fought back in another situation Con- connor would have known what they meant as well but in this point he's like no no I'm like, fuck you guys yeah, yeah he's like, i didn't even know about the merger of equals like 
Yeah. I think on some level it was like, I know, but I'm still like, you can't, you, you guys have to stop saying this. Yeah. And I think like it's big evidence of how they just seek the approval of like higher powers. In this case, it's like Logan, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and the thing is, when you worry about what other th- people think about you, you'll always be a prisoner. Yeah. I think that's, that's the reason none of them is ever really free. This is like my card, cardboard psychology coming out or whatever, <laughs> but it's interesting because. All the forms of authority in their in their lives, right? It's Caroline or or Logan, right? Is toxic authority. So it makes sense that Connor, who was essentially like their father, yeah, but he was also very nice. He took them to camping trips and fishing yeah, trips and whatever. Yeah, yeah. They don't respect that authority. They see that as someone they can shit on because the authority that they're used to ex- respecting is very toxic. Yeah, because they've taken that from their dad. That's how they've been trained. That's how they. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how they've been raised. Both their parents, actually, because the mom is pretty, she's pretty shitty as well. <laughs> We're going to come back to the to the siblings, definitely. This episode is only like 15, 20 minutes in. We'll have a lot to talk about. What am I going to do with this soul anyways? <laughs> Who has ever looked after you in this fucking family? Huh? All right. Well, in terms of where I could be getting to if I were to come with. You could be heading away from the endless middle and towards the bottom of the top. The bottom of the top? And could I get my own, my own, like? Your own Greg? Yeah. You can have 20. Listen, I I have things to do. Um. Do you want a deal with the devil? What am I going to do with a soul anyways? Souls are boring. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Neuron Spores. Let's talk about Tom and Greg. Just the dynamic duo. The best group on TV right now. Love it. Spoiler alert, I... (laughs) I have a lot of opinions on Tom this episode. A lot of <laughs> angry opinions. Angry? Angry. Oh, yes, yes, He's yes. reclaiming, coming back his... Well, mm, okay. Well, first... <laughs> okay, first of all, let's... So, obviously, Tom and Greg are having this conversation at the wedding um, post-Tom talking with Shiv on the phone. Um, something that was very interesting to me was there are these two waiters in the background of the scene. Yeah, that, they were like fighting, weren't they? Like play fighting, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of play fighting. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. It was, that was fun to see. So realistic. Yeah, and again, look, I tried to avoid this on the podcast where we used to do, we did literature in school, obviously, and our teacher would be like, this is what the author meant, or this is what the poets meant, or whatever. I'm like, how do you know that? You're not, <laughs> like, you're not in his head, right? So I tried to avoid that on the podcast, but Again, it could have been a mistake or they just found it fun or whatever. But it just seemed very one, very s- symbolic of Tom and Greg's relationship, right? It's these two guys that no one cares about just having their own fun. Yeah. But then the saying that came to my head when that when I saw that was um when the cats away, the mice will play. <laughs> so it's like Caroline and the Lord are probably no longer at this wedding. No. So these waiters feel they, feel they can play around. Just right? about, yeah. And also everyone of importance from Logan all the way down to like Carl, Frank, Jerry, whatever. They are not at this wedding. So now who becomes head, who becomes in charge is Tom and Greg because they're like, they are the kind of the highest people in Waystar on this level. So like now they can, 
they can plot their plots or play around. So it's like when they can't away the mice play. Just, I, I just found out very yeah. symbolic of what the waiters were doing. But I apologize to Samsung and Mark Milo if if I'm oh. just reading it to you. They'll probably say maybe like the two extras are just fucking around. Yeah, they, just, <laughs> they probably just saw them fucking around yeah, the center. Like, they just put it in like... <laughs> but you know what? The soundtrack is very coy. Yeah, art is for other people to interpret or whatever. But yes, yeah, so let's talk about um, Nero and Sporus. Let's talk about Greg first, actually. What's the point? What's what's this angle with him and, you know, Comfrey and the the royalty from Luxembourg? What's going on there? Is he is he becoming like what? He's trying to have the date the date ladder. He's trying to get up in the world. He could be eighth in line to the throne. Listen, here's the thing about date ladders, right? If you jump up and down on them, they break. <laughs> you don't mess with your ladder if you're actually going to use one. Preach. That is ridiculous. Okay. He's overplaying his hand and that's dumb. What he said, he said that him and Comfrey are separate bedding. So maybe it's like not a real uh, thing. So it might just be like, guys. I mean, if Comfrey is, if she belongs in this. If that's, if that's the case, fine. If she belongs in this world, maybe she would accept working for the Contessa as exchange of no longer being with Greg. Like, she'd be like, oh yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair exchange. So essentially she would be using him as a date ladder too. Yeah, exactly. In the same world. Like if this is, in the world of succession, that, that's what happens. Yeah. Greg got up to eighth in line um, to the throne. I loved when when Tom was like, "You better get to her because if Roman marries her, he will invade France." <laughs> like, Which he probably would. That is probably <laughs> how so that would funny, go. Like, <laughs> and honestly, that is such. That's actually such a great line because I think I think it like I think it it reflects really well about how like the show is so good at these oddly specific insults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And we see so much of that in this episode too. It's like they're so specific and they never miss. In fact, even in, in that same breath, Tom casually referring to the royal family of Luxembourg as hemophiliacs. Like whether you know the history or not. <laughs> like if you know the history, then your mind was probably exploding. If you don't know the history, you're probably like, why is he doing that? I mean, That's so good. You're right. I didn't know the history, but I still found it so funny. I mean, drop yeah. Drop the history here for, for our listeners. Yeah, give us a quick history, history lesson. It's kind of wild because basically there's this whole thing about um, inbreeding mm-hmm. in um, European royal families, specifically the Habsburgs. And that led to a whole bunch of things where like their blood was so thinned out that they had something called the Habsburg jaw. Like literally they had babies that were born with these, like, with these mouth deformities and some of their blood was also thin and it kind of went down, down, down up until the point in like the early 20th century when the monarchies was starting to get fully abolished. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of wild. So him calling them hemophiliacs with his full <laughs> chest, I was just like, fam, what? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> if that joke was on any other show, I would be kind of confident. But being on this show, I was very confident that it was an incest joke. Exactly. You were right on the money. Speaking of history, there was a good Rom- Romanov line there as well, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, it was Kendall, right? Yeah. He was telling um, Roman. He was saying he was saying that um, the Gojo guy, um, Skarsgård, who we'll get to in a second, I'm sure. Um, he's like he's gonna Romanov you, which is fantastic because that's literally what like Lenin and the other guys yeah. mm-hmm. happened with, like yep. you know the Bolsheviks and all that stuff that happened with the um, death of the Romanovs, yeah. and that whole thing was gruesome as hell. And this is kind of what that is, yeah. Yeah. because they're coming in and taking. Because at that point, the Romanovs were like the wealthiest family, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that you could fathom, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, 
Um, and Logan called him Hans Christian Anderfuck, which is another very specific, <laughs> lovely <laughs> insult. I don't know who that was. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> because it's so specific, so accurate, and like it just works. <laughs> it just works. So you guys asked me why I had bad feelings towards Tom. Because I'm just like... Yeah, what's going on there, man? Why are you such a hater? So you choose now to have a backbone. You choose now to grow it when everything is like... Obviously, look, we know this show. We know it was never going to happen successfully. But like, come on. No, don't. You had all this while to grow a backbone. Don't, don't pick now when everything's about to go well. No, but it has to make his move. Though. It has to be perfect. Oh he, my God. It's just like, come on. And come on. Everything is been, like being set up. Yeah, he's been bending, 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 bending backwards. And he's probably already broken. So, so he chose what? He, he chose to make a move. Um, I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of a lesson for all the lovers. Like, don't tell someone unequivocally that you don't love them <laughs> and you flush their babies down the toilet and then try to make changes that would affect their entire livelihood and then be shocked as to what happens. Okay. Like, Shiv so, kind of did this one to herself. Why does this benefit Tom? Or how does it benefit Tom, rather? Well, I think Tom is aligning himself with, uh, with Logan. So he is making his play. He is, he, he thinks that if he's in, or he feels that if he's in high regard with Logan, that the, um, what's his, Scar's last character, what's his name again? Madsen, Madsen, yeah, would would assess him, you know, favorably, and keep but, him in the company. But that's you said a lot of ifs and buts, and I'm saying that like the kids were literally about to stop Logan. Isn't that better position than ifs and buts? Not necessarily, because Tom said it himself to Kendall. I've seen you get fucked a lot. But I've never seen Logan get yes, fucked but once. Now you're the, but now you're the one He's kind of betting down. on the horse that he knows will win. Yes, which is why he, he's joining his hand to that in order to kind of ensure that it happens. Because the one thing that's affected Tom the most in this entire series is yeah. uncertainty and the lack of agency that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Every time it even feels like he's making some kind of move, it's not really him. It's probably Shiv, yeah. somebody making a move mm-hmm. that affects him. This has kind of been built up to first by, you know, the moments he's had with Logan all mm-hmm. this time. And I think it's actually started since episode 109, you know, or um, even 110. I think um, the way she actually tells him, hey, I want an open marriage, yeah. which is not the kind of thing you tell somebody like yeah. once you've been married. <laughs> I think at that point, you know, Tom doesn't necessarily have a lot of pride. He is kind of like a bully. He is a bit of a suck up. He's a lot of things. Yeah. But I think... On a human level, on a very basic human level, he felt slighted in a way mm-hmm. that he can't really overlook subconsciously, mm-hmm. even if he does love Shiv. And I think at that point, he's been trying to look for the best ways to look out for himself. And he's been bringing Greg along with him on that journey, mm-hmm. which is why yeah. he goes to Greg yeah. and says, listen, something is happening. If something comes of whatever is happening, would you like to come with me? Is there some trust? And I think that's one of the first times that Tom sees someone blindly trust him. Trump, Tom doesn't get that kind of stuff. Logan gets it, but he gets it because he forces it out of people mm-hmm. through intimidation. Right. But this is like actual camaraderie that we see. And I think it helps their relationship. Whereas Tom feels strong enough to do this despite Shiv. And he knows that if he's okay on some level, Shiv will be okay. It's kind of the brothers that we need to be worried about. Okay. I think this is one situation where Tom is not, is sort of, I don't want to say he's, acting like doing the best thing for he himself is. but he's yeah he is oh, yes but yeah. like at the same time he's not he's not looking for or he's not waiting for shiv's approval i mean he's 
quite he's clearly he's going just... against Shiv. It's not even like yeah, exactly. Okay, but he's here's my thing. Because every single time he, he talks to Shiv or Shiv asks, you know, tells him about some play they're making, mm-hmm. he's always like, "So what? What about yeah. me?" And she always dismisses it. And it happened just now. And she always dismisses it. And this it. time he was like, "You know what? Actually, he's taking things to his own yeah, hands. He, like he's actually exercising agency. He's been, he has no option left." but to kind of stand on his own now. Because if things go down, he's going to be one of the first people to kind of be cut off. Um, yeah. So when we finish this succession fever dream or whatever, so in a couple of weeks when there's no succession <laughs> in my head again, I'll, I'll go back and think and see whether my points are just because I'm trying to have a contrarian point of view or whether I actually believe it. You're always wrong, Bankley. That's the thing. So Maybe that's true. Um, but my thing is, when she tells Tom that she wants an open relationship, terrible. I completely feel for Tom in that situation. The way she treats him at points in season two, I feel bad for Tom. Yeah, that's fine. But Oh my God, it bots. To me, at a point, if you're going to stay, you just have to take it. You have to act. Maybe this is me. If you're going to be that person, you know your levels. Yeah. Like if she says she's running a coup, don't ask her in that moment, what is it, what is it for you? Just take the crumbs that come in later. Why not, though? You take, you settle. You settle for what is good enough for you. <laughs> but that is not how consent works. If you, <laughs> that, well, you know, if you wanted to fight, fight when she told you that she wanted an open relationship. Fight then. Fight when she sleeps with somebody. Fight when she stops you from sleeping with somebody. Don't like, don't fight now in the middle of a coup. Basically, this is big boy stuff. You're not a big boy. Don't don't put your mouth here. Essentially, that's what I'm saying. But he knows that in doing this, he can become a big boy. Well, then you should have broken up with her since. Bank, you're you're basically you're basically telling him to shut up and be a good husband. Yes, I am. Wow. <laughs> and it's hilarious because he's always doing this. <laughs> he's always doing this. <laughs> Every single episode. You clean for her and ask her how her day was. You tell him to shut up and, and know your role. Yes. Oh my gosh. I am I am saying that. And let your partner just disrespect and belittle you at every instant that she can't get. His job was just to organize ATN, yeah, to give out the news reports about Logan. That was, that was his job. You do your job and you take what comes. You can't both be CEO. You can't, there's somebody, a top dog. It's not you. Accept it. Accept that she is a top dog mission and move on. Hmm. Okay, but he has been up until this point and how well has it worked out for him? How well has exactly. it worked out for his, for his, how, for his outlook? On how kids. badly has it worked out for him? This guy lives in the best parts of New York. He, what is wrong with his life? Listen, what I think the what fact she, that he has no control over, over it. it. He does have control. He does. He just doesn't have control over the things that he wants to have control over. Again, set your sights. That's not what's, control. Set your sights for what's in your limits. I mean, it, it's interesting though. Maybe because this is the, this was the one impediment to the kids actually winning, which is obviously not going to happen. But just like in this point, if these kids have done so much mental and emotional work to get to this point, I don't want Tom being the one to fuck it up. I was just very angry. So, that was all. So what we're supposed to get from the end of that was based, um, Tom leaked that info that Shiv gave him to Logan. Yeah. That's the implication, yeah. Which made Logan consult with Caroline to revoke yeah. the whole that's how contract. He, yeah, that's how he knew, Logan knew in time. Wouldn't he have had to consult Caroline anyway? No. Okay. Mm. No. Yeah, I was going to talk about this later, but actually, since you're here, why don't you... Yeah, it, it goes a little bit into what I said last time I was around with the holding company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked about how who holds the holding company has a lot of sway in terms of what happens with the business. And yeah. we talked a little bit about Kendall's shares last time, how he can only sell to family. The reason for that is because a super majority within the family is what determines what goes on with the actual um, conglomerate. Right. 
Yeah, so Caroline had this thing in the divorce because you remember she in if you, if you remember like in, in episode eight, when she's talking to Shiva on that balcony, she talked about some choices that she had to make. Mm-hmm. She said that she let them stay with their father because she felt it would be better for them. Even though on some level, I'm pretty sure she wanted to abscond a little bit because she didn't think she could handle certain things about motherhood. Mm-hmm. But being with Logan actually set them up better in the world, to be honest with you. And one of the things she did to that effect was that she said, um, if Logan ever wanted to sell the company, he can be blocked by the other people in the holding company, which is the children. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if there's a super majority for not selling, Logan can't do whatever he's doing. Right. But because he found out what he found out when he found it out, he was able to talk to Carolyn, open up the divorce settlement and have her remove that clause. Remove that clause. So now the whole thing that they used to come in here, guns blazing, is completely dead. She did that to protect them so that Logan couldn't just make random decisions that would affect their lives and their stake Mm -hmm. in the, in the business without them having a say. You mean exactly what happened? (laughs) That's probably the greatest mother, motherly thing that she's ever done, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. that really secures the future of them and her grandchildren and everything. Yeah. But then Logan talks to her in one phone call and it's undone. Cause that that was my one problem with like that happened so quickly, like over one phone call, but I guess. Yeah. But I guess it's like, he had a bit of leverage. It only takes one phone. Yeah. His game is Logan. It's it only like, takes one phone call, I guess. One it takes one phone call. Look, this is happening. I need this. You get this full stop. Okay, yeah. One thing I have to say is like, you know, it's crazy you sent me the clock because literally this morning I was talking to someone about how good the finale was. And I was like, I hate how good Succession is because what the fuck is my business with market cap shareholders? <laughs> like, I don't give a... Why do like I care? It you to care just this. a little. It's just a tiny bit. <laughs> Before before you carry on, it was so funny how when Shiv did her talk, she was like, I hope your marriage is as harmonious as as mine. Insidious. I was like, such an that, insidious that thing. Curse? That is wild. And I was just like Because she knows that her marriage is none of those things that she mentioned. The camera cut the cut to Roman who just like you can see his eyes rolling all the way yeah. back in his face. I liked it because it kind of mirrored or it's not not in content, but it kind of mirrored Caroline's own speech at, at Shiv's Wedding was just like you're just like this is just so. What did she say? Was that first of many or something? They're just biting back at each other. Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, that's so funny." You're like, "No, this is very toxic." These guys know what they're saying to each other. Tom's face was amazing as well. Oh god, there was that like nice conversation with Roman and Logan about like go get straightened out or something. <laughs> what did, what did he mean by that? No idea. If you want to get straightened out, go get straightened out. But I just want to know about. Doesn't mean like do whatever you want to do. I just don't want to come across my my path or. Or I, think- I think he was talking about either, whether it means getting therapy, whether it means kind of like doing whatever you need to do ment- mentally. Because I mean, he's not, Logan's not going to, I don't think he's the kind of person that would acknowledge therapy. No. So I think when he said straightened out, he was like, he basically, it's kind of like, if you need to do something along those lines, do it. It's not my yeah. business. Just I don't, don't send me a dick pic next time. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought he meant essentially. to go higher. I thought he meant also go like, I guess, fuck around that's or whatever. I, that's why I thought so go like, hire like 10 escorts yeah. and when you're done with that, that should be. Yeah. You, oh, okay. So go clear of, out. Go Basically, like, okay. yeah. Yeah. Th- that's what came to my mind at first. But I think it could be either or both of those things. I also think it's interesting that in that scene, you know, we hear Logan actually talk about Carrie for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we've never seen that happen. Yeah. And that was kind of cool because, I mean, he looks at, he looks at Roman and he's like, that's a good looking woman, huh? And I'm just like, hmm? <laughs> like, what is going on? Gosh, that was what else? What are you going to say next? <laughs> and Roman is just like, uh, at a point, I thought he was pimping her out. Yeah, because he and Kerry are probably the same age. Yeah, 
I think he was using it to gauge. I think he was gauging Roman in that. Oh, he was yeah, like, yeah. okay, let me see how he responds yeah, yeah, to yeah. me pointing out a beautiful woman. To him. What does he say? He's always worried, so supposedly, that Roman is gay. I yeah, think I'm that's not, something that people in the family have been saying. Yeah, I'm not going to say what he says here because I can't say it. <laughs> so what is it, son? Are you scared of pussy? Is it all screens or up the ass with you or what? Jesus, no. God damn. What a father, man. Number one fucking dad. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, look at So much information in such like, <laughs> in such a small set of words. I was like, oh, was wow, look at We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about full fucking beast himself, Logan Roy. <laughs> he always wins. He told us. We'll be right back. Let's start in Switzerland, shall we? Let's talk about this conversation between Logan Roy and Lucas Madsen. Um, Abuka sent me a message where he was like, is Lucas afraid of Logan? <laughs> Why is he being so respectful to Logan? But yeah, no, I think like, I think that's just, I think it's just respect. I think he can be a dick, which he was. Like, Lucas was still a dick in the conversation, but, like, it's Logan Roy. He's a legend. He's been doing for 50 years. Like, we were like, I like how, yeah, I like I how when, they, you. when Logan got in, he just didn't fuck around. Like, how are you? Mm-hmm. Just like, so, are we doing this deal or not? It's very interesting when you compare when Roman arrived to when Logan arrived. Because, like, when Logan arrives, there's, like, help there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was just Lucas and Roman. and then, So, yeah. Um, let's just go straight to it, actually. Why does Logan accept this deal? Is it just because of the money? No, it's that sort of realization that because um, his is like a le- legacy company, and you have this new money that um, that is coming, and they're sort of like surfing around like sharks. So mm-hmm. you know, it's either now or later. He has to get the best deal now than later when his company is sort of like worth one tenth of what you know it is now because of like tech and all these other companies are eating it up. It's like Yahoo when they were worth, was it 30 billion or something? And the tech sort of boom. Now they're worth shit. And they got bought off by like, for like 1 point or 2 billion or something by Verizon. And it's just sort of like capitalizing on the right moment, I think. Even though like, it seems like stuff yeah. seems to be like trending downwards. See, I understand that as to why he wanted to do the merger of equals. But by being bought out by Gojo, isn't it that him like essentially giving up? Yes and no. So like, the question is like, what what are his options? Yes, exactly. Because if you if you think about previous seasons, the kids always ask the same question whenever something like this comes up, and it's mm-hmm. like, would he actually sell? Would mm-hmm. Dad sell? Right? Yeah. And yeah, they ask that with Logan's pride in mind because they see him as somebody who doesn't like to lose, and he is. He is somebody who doesn't like to lose. But he is also someone who fully understands his situation. Yep. And he knows, as Obiara just said, you know, this is the best time to sell. This is the time, this is the point where everything from here on out is diminishing returns. And mm-hmm, tech mm-hmm. is voracious. Even in our own world, there are people and quick. Uh, some of whom are even on 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 the board of this company about to mention Twitter. There are people on like there are people in the tech space. And in the business space, who have believed for a long time that Twitter should buy CNN, some of them have even been like on the board, are are big shareholders <laughs> and stuff. Whoa! Yeah, that's Wait, the thing what? that people have said. Yeah, but if you think about that, it's kind of an interesting fit because Twitter, at its core, is about being updated about what's going on in the present. It's about instantaneous 
information and spreading it and spreading hate. At some point, they introduced Twitter moments that it, it, it's it's a it's a sort of it's a source of news for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that something yeah. like CNN as a legacy media operation, if done right, could fit into um, Twitter's biosphere. Mm-hmm. But like that's not something that they were able to do for a number of different reasons. I guess people didn't want it. Also, like Jack Dorsey, for all his well-intentioned capitalism was kind of ineffective yeah. um, to yeah. a lot of people in their opinions as CEO because his attention was divided between Twitter and Square. People were angry with him about that. Now he stepped nice. down. Completely stepped down. To me, this is that kind of thing. This is mm-hmm. something like Twitter buying something like CNN mm-hmm. because when done right, it could actually fit. And ever since the whole rumor started, um, the market cap of Waystar has gone down, but the market cap of Gojo has gone up. Remember those tweets he was doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classic Macau, Elon, Elon Musk, maneuver, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that all, all of that was really well choreographed. They got the fine as well from the DOJ. And apparently that's supposed to be like some heavy fine, which would set them back a bit. So It's a historic. And they wanted a number, right? So the fact that, it, that, that a number has come, but now they're shaking, shows that it was a very scary number. Mm-hmm. I remember I was saying before that the whole thing with the DOJ is at an inflection point. They said that Kendall overpromised, but for all we know, more stuff is going to come. So... Everything Matson mentioned, even though he mentioned it like a dick, he was correct on every single point. Logan knows. That's literally why Logan didn't tell him to fuck off. Yeah, he, and he said that to Logan as well. That, that, that's the whole thing. Logan knows not only is this the best time to sell because of my situation, he knows that the leverage he has is actually going down in terms of capital, in terms of um, pull and power and influence, mm-hmm. and also in terms of, um, I guess you would call them What's the opposite of, of assets again? Um, liabilities. Liabilities, yes. The liability of the fact that the DOJ is after them. He can essentially hand that all over to someone else and cash out. And Kendall's like, what are you going to do? Take that $5 billion and stack it on top of all your other billion? And he's like, yeah, probably. Oh, Brian Cox, man. <laughs> probably. He's line reading there. When he's, when he's like, oh, Christ. I loved how... This season, we've had a chance to get little glimpses of what Logan might have been as a younger man. Like when he's talking to Shiv and he's like, yeah, that actually kills me. I love that so much. It was so great to watch because he had so much energy and vigor delivering these lines. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that, yeah, this really is just about keeping as much power as possible while keeping as much money as possible. And right now that means selling. As I said last time I was here, Logan is probably worth between 18 and 22 billion. And now he's going to be about five to eight billion dollars richer. So, like, where's that money all going? Like, because he's not—he's old, and <laughs> you know, he, I, I don't want to sound, but he hasn't—he hasn't really got much time left, has he? No, I get you. Like, so, like, I, I think I reckon he probably just give all his money to like carry or something. Yeah. So, like, in in the vein of, oh my god, that would be bad. <laughs> Even even as even not not even as a carry hater, like just in general, that would be bad, because then she has his her, his money comes with a lot of control, and carry controlling certain shares not good at all. I think that like there's a chance he's thinking maybe finally about Iverson and Sophie and his actual grandchildren, right. like I've been touting about this whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this the episode starts with him reading to Iverson, and I, I loved how I was like, wait, isn't this? Why is this some kind of dream sequence? Why is he What's reading on, this yeah. to Iverson? Is Iverson younger than I thought? And then he looks at him and is like, yo, this is a little young for you, right? He's like, I mean, I like it. Sophie's like, he likes it sometimes. And he's like, I like it sometimes. And he's like, okay, no, no, no. Gary, go get My us. My first thought was like, isn't this too morbid to be reading? Like, okay, let's assume that even if Kenneth <laughs> will not die, like. Yeah. It's morbid, but it's for, but it's for kids. 
But remember, a lot of kids' stories and kids' media is actually quite morbid. Like, if you think of those, like, fairy tales that we read as children, there's some kind of weird stuff going on in there. Like, if you really look at them. My favorite line from the episode, when Logan leaves Iverson beside the pool and he's walking away and he says, careful. careful? (laughs) (laughs) I screamed. I screamed out loud because, wow, bro. (laughs) So obviously, we know Kendall just almost drowned. And then he's like, careful, don't drown like your father, right? And then secondly, Iverson is a grown, old enough boy not to drown. He should know this. But because Iverson is on the spectrum, he just, like, treats him like a fucking... I don't know, man. Logan is a terrible person. He's working on his baby batter. What's that? Maca root, almond butter, dad's... Putting together a more adhesive and potent loop. Working on his fucking his jism. Yes. Are you fucking with me right no. now? No. What? Look at all the walnuts he's been munching. He's gonna be rocking sperms like a little catfish. Oh uh, my fuck. <laughs> Dad scrambling the fighters. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm gonna jump up a bit to another point I have, just because Obia mentioned something along those lines about who could Logan leave his money to about Carrie. I'm gonna just talk about the mini plot point about Logan improving his sperm. The sperm ability. <laughs> Maka root. So, if we're taking that this is true, right, based on all the evidence that, that Connor lays out, right? Mm-hmm. Are we? I think it's more Kerry's idea than Logan's idea. And I have I have only two seconds of screen time to to defend that, apart from my obvious hate of Kerry. Is that when she goes to give him the the smoothie, he doesn't want to drink it. He's like, "Ugh, this is here again." But then when he yeah. takes it, she has this little smile as she walks away. Really? And I was like, this just seems like it's yeah, her plan. Yeah, I noticed yeah, that. Just like, this just seems like it's her plan. And so that's my only evidence to say maybe it's Carrie that is like engineering this thing. No, it works though because you're onto something because it's shortly after that that Connor shows up mm-hmm. with Maka Roots. And I thought he was trying to talk about, because he's trying to give Logan yeah. for right? <laughs> he's also talking about decanting, hyper-decanting wine. <laughs> like, all kinds I'm sorry, of Roman, like, is this this is shriveled up penis of of another European dictator. Yeah, like, because it could be, right? Maybe the person is even a Habsburg. Who knows? But at the same time, oh him, like, Logan doing that, I mean, it kind of falls in line with some of the stuff I said um, last time you guys had me on, which was that um, if we're looking at real-world parallels, Rupert Murdoch married a fourth wife when he was 90. And now it's like, if he does marry Kerry or have a child with Kerry, like, there somewhat is precedent for that. Why would he want to do that? Maybe he wants all this money. He's not trying to give it to Kendall because maybe he thinks Kendall, he doesn't trust Kendall. Maybe that distrust sort of extends to Kendall's own offspring. And no one else has children among his current people. So he doesn't have anybody that he feels comfortable leaving his legacy to if he's going to leave that legacy. So it's like, you know what? I'm just going to make another one. That's what kings do, right? There's that bit where like, well, that dynamic that Logan is literally, because he's come from nothing. Mm. And there's this dynamic that he's just jealous or envious of his kids yeah. who came up with wealth. Yeah. And he doesn't want to contribute to that again. He wants them to, you know, go make their own, go do their own thing. Which is so, bullshit, but I'll come back to that. Kendall has told him that before. Yeah. Yeah. And that really hits home here because they've yeah. had it easy. It's kind of like that meme, um, how African parents would be like, I carry buckets on my head to go from, like, my mm-hmm. house to, mm-hmm. like, school, and it was five kilometers away. And you just don't feel like, sure, mom. Just so you can have a good life. And then 
African child goes and has a good life saying, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> it's, it's like, pick two, one. Two things. First of all, I just don't know why Logan works, will like, agree to this. Like, why? Like, it just seems so careless from Logan. I, I don't like people. Like, Logan doesn't seem like a careless, but why does he have a child out of wedlock? It's definitely rash on his part. If it's true, it's rash on his part for sure. But there's been a lot of instances where Logan sort of gets manipulated by... Yeah, but this is a long-term thing. This is 9 to 12 months. This is like a child. I mean, Roman jokes that the child is going to be born with a walker. Which is so. incredible. And incredible that that child is going to be born old. That was just... Roman, I was like... <laughs> that was just great. was just fire. Benjamin Button type situation. Um, My second point is this thing about Logan saying, oh, that he wants them to go out and make it or whatever. And then, what is it? Make their own pile. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's bullshit. Because Logan has spent these children's entire lives grooming them to take over this company. They never felt like anything else was an option. He essentially convinced them, yeah. When she managed to go out and do politics, he brought he brought her... It's like, it's the equivalent of, you know, when certain Nigerian, African, whatever parents are like, mm-hmm. you can only study this particular mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, thing is. Like, you, you to you, you just feel like nothing else is an option. Yeah. Right? It has to be medicine, law, engineering, whatever. So it's not like... People, it's not as if Logan was like, oh, go out and be whatever you want to be. Go to Yale Drama School or go to Harvard Law and go out and then you can do whatever. No. He always told them, you have to come back into the company. The only person that didn't have that mandate was, was Connor because he didn't see Connor for three years. Like, Connor was just, ah, whatever. Your, your mother was, was mentally ill. You're probably mentally ill eventually. Wow. Like, so, I don't like this paint of like, oh, the kids are like sucking up to dad and trying to take dad's money or whatever. Like, that's the only option that they had in front of them and now they're fighting for it. So like, yeah. I just never understood that point of argument. I think it's, I think it's that they've been trained in a sense to believe that what is going on within this family business is the thing that matters most in the world, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's this huge like gaslighting plot that he's woven under them with his toxic narcissist. Exactly, yeah. This is important to me, so it must be important to you. And then all of a sudden, yeah. he feels that it's best to kind of do what he wants with it. And then the one thing that was put in place to prevent him from doing that in a way that would affect them negatively, he's able to remove with the phone call because she, because the mother wants to get whatever she wants now. It's just that, like, you can't spend their entire life telling them that this is what is important, that they can only really become important people by work, quote unquote, by working in the company and becoming CEO or CEO for whatever. And they all of a sudden you're like, why don't you guys, why don't you guys ever want to go out and make a thing for yourselves? Like, why are you, like, because that's what you made us believe. Yeah, but you see, it's, it, that's the thing. It's not just about business interests and sort of building something of their own. Yes, they were taught not to do that. But they were also taught that they didn't have to or that they should not want mm-hmm. to. Because he mm-hmm. says in this scene, when, as he puts it, their guns turned into sausages. Oh my God, the writing. Bars, man. Incredible bars. <laughs> but like when he says that, he's like, you should have trusted me. And you can see Roman was still in, in conflict. Because I said before that he was going to get screwed somehow. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was really thinking, should I actually trust what this man is doing? Could this work? I wasn't here for this part. Why did he send me away? You know, he's he's in conflict in terms of all of this. And then... Yeah, probably they should have trusted him. He's their father. But how could they, right? Because everything they've ever known and learned has trained them to kind of do the exact opposite, to to expect the worst from him and from anyone that actually has power. It's premium gaslighting. It's expert, it's subtle, and it's chilling. And the thing is, 
they reinforce this notion that they can't trust their dad, but they also forgot yeah. in the process that they also can't trust their mom. And that's 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 that's, that's what gets them in the end. That's as good a segue as any for us to go into that room. Let's go into that room that has Logan and Kerry and Frank and Carl and Jerry and the fact that Kerry's there. Kids, oh my goodness. The three kids coming into the slaughter. He rates you. You have my word. This is an opportunity, son. A bit of fucking grit. Adversity. Like me. You can trust me. You can't trust him. Um. We're here to say, the three of us, to ask and to say, do not do this, please. Then what if I decide I can't listen to you? We can stop you. And we will stop you. Blow this up. You need our vote for a change of control. Yeah. You need all of us. You need a supermajority, and we can kill it. And we will. You're playing toy fucking soldiers! <sighs> Jesus Christ. What do we think... Why do we think Logan is even engaging with these people at all at the beginning? I, my personal opinion was that he was stalling for everything to be sorted out with Caroline. Because Kerry stands up when they come in, she takes some papers. I feel like he was stalling during that period. Yeah, because when Kerry comes back, she says it's done. Yeah, I just don't believe that he was going to take care of them the way he says. I, 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 don't, I don't see what in Logan's activities would make me believe that. Because he, he could have told them. He could have told Roman, at least, who was the most in out of the three of them. I think, he, I think on some level, he might have wanted to at some, at some point. Yeah, if he, if, he, if he was really going to support them, he could have told them. He could have told, when Kerry came to kill Jerry, he could have told Kerry to also get Roman, if he was really on the level like that. Well, like, the kids would have never been for the acquisition anyway. Because doesn't that just, like, dilute their position, no matter how you look at it? It does, but I, I think on some level, um, as things progress, he wanted to at least tell Roman, because I think they've built a little bit of a camaraderie in the past, like, several weeks. Um, but then Roman's like, maybe we should all hear. And I think he sees that as a slight. He's like, after all of this, you're still choosing not me. You're still choosing, you know, these people that are clearly against me. I think it's it's a development different from what we would have thought. He wanted to stand up to his father. We've seen him try and fail to do that, like in the vote of no mm -hmm, confidence mm -hmm. in episode six, right, of, of, of season one. Mm -hmm, but now, mm -hmm. you know, he's actually trying, like you can see it's physically making him sick, but he's trying his best to kind of advocate for everyone without being disrespectful. He actually didn't want to come in guns blazing. He was like, let's don't let, let's not like bring out this this hand that we have just yet let's hear what's actually going on but shiv is like you know well we can force you out because like i've said about her before she likes to overplay her, her hand i felt like i felt like they were very measured in that because i thought they were going to come in a lot more blazing i thought so too i was afraid that they would that they would kind of be disrespectful but they weren't i think they did yeah, okay. i feel like she only only brought out i feel like she only brought out that card when it was clear that logan wasn't listening it was, but you see, that's the thing. That's my problem. I think that she, I think from her perspective, and actually even objectively, she probably brought it out at the right time. But on some level, I felt mm -hmm. like it wasn't that clear that Logan wasn't trying to listen to them. I think 
if Roman had stepped away, maybe he could have heard some things and then reported back. Who knows? Or maybe Logan would have lied to him and manipulated him a bit more. Maybe Logan reacts mm-hmm. the way he does because he's like, I can't manipulate even this one anymore. Like, you're all useless to me at this point. I've got you beat, is what he says, right? So, yeah, was, I know he was like, what if I don't want to, like, listen? Because let's, let's remember exactly. that by the, from the moment these guys enter the room, Logan already knows the play. And he already knows, like, so, that's why I think all this talking is bullshit. I think he's just like... Maybe, yeah. Because he already knows what they're coming for. He's already spoken with Caroline. He's already sorting out in the background. He's just talking with them until everything is done. When, when so he I, said send them in, I was like, because oh, Colin, his bodyguard, is always standing yeah, around yeah, looking yeah. ominous. Yeah. <laughs> so when, so when he said send them in, I was like, okay, there's somebody in the front desk of this building. Tell them in the room that like, oh, the kids are here. So he yeah. knows. But then it turns out it's because he's known way before that. In my head, I was just like, yo, what if the whole thing has like, Caroline wouldn't, would she? How would that? There's not enough time, is there? But then okay. I thought about it. It's like, yo, they were in that van for a very long time. Like the sun mm-hmm. had come. I was like, yo, I thought this place was close, but it wasn't. Actually, yeah, the sun came down. Because he, he's like, send them in. It's like, oh, guys, what is all mm-hmm. this? Why are you guys Let's all go. here? Like, Come on, have like, <laughs> like, it was Because um, in my head, 100%, I was like, okay, this is obviously not going to work out because we know what show I watch it. So I was like, is Roman going to like fuck them again? That's what I was thinking when we were in the car. I was like, is he actually going to be Roman? And then he tells that story about the water guns. I was like, oh, shit, Roman is going to betray them again. And Roman starts having a backbone. I'm like, okay, so he's not Roman. Could it be Connor? Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, who's gonna come out through that door? Is it Connor? That would have been interesting. Could it be? Too. No, I can't be Tom. Tom has no power in this. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, Caroline. Then he calls. And he's like, put that on. I was like, oh fuck, it's Caroline. What's Caroline done? And then everything just starts. I'm like, oh jeez, everything starts yeah. falling into place. And, it's, and then she, yeah, uh, it's the just, way he turns around and says, "Is she still on?" And you're like, who? And in my head, I'm like, God, please. And then Kerry says, "It's done." I was like, oh no, oh no. I think it's the first scene that Caroline and Logan are share share together in the show. And it was a phone call. I don't think they've ever shared like a scene, like yeah. both actors been in the same scene, which is something I would love to see. Harriet Walter and, and Brian Cox. I'd love to do yeah, just like a conversation with both of them and see like, what they what talk about and stuff. Dad. Please. Please? Please. The seat sniffer gets a fucking leg up. That's a deal. What have you got in your fucking hand? What have I got? I don't know. Fucking. Love? Love? You come for me with love. You bust in here, guns in hand, and now you find they've turned to fucking sausages. You talk about love? You should have trusted me. And I hope, I really hope, Roman, like, takes this out of the conversation. I, don't, I hope he doesn't, like, regress. I want him to know that Logan was lying to him. Like, Logan was chatting shit. Logan was not... Look, like, like, Lucas can say all the shit about, yeah, your son's going to be the face of the merger, whatever. It's all fucking words, man. It's all words. Lucas is, Lucas is a billionaire. He's a psychopath. He's going to cut you out. Like, this is not... I really want... I don't want Roman to be like, oh, I should have listened to my, my siblings. I should have followed that. I want him to come out of this knowing that, yeah, Logan was lying. And mm, yeah it's all about his development again, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's never truly been able to stand up. And I think if we kind of want to understand his decision-making, we need to ask ourselves, why did he do it this time? Like, what has changed? Is it Roman's situation or is it Roman himself? 
Like, why did this go down the way it did? Because a previous Roman probably would have stepped away, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it's that kinship and camaraderie that he had just newly, you know, rekindled with the siblings that kind of gave him a little bit of oomph. Yeah, and and their position in the company as well. I guess it's like yeah. yes, both exactly. like both Roman the person and both Roman the situation where like they'd have been completely forced out of the company if they had agreed to this deal. Yeah. Now they had to act like they sort of realized that, you know, things had literally gotten, you know, serious. So they had to stop knocking about. During the brunch, Kendall is like, you don't know how it feels to have been promised something and then taken mm-hmm. away from you. And then she was like, I do, because she does, right? And now Roman does too. Exactly. Roman was the only one who had not experienced that kind of like... Betrayal. Because he, he was like, why, why, you get, why do you guys want to kill dad? I don't understand it. But now, like, he understands what they've gone through. He's always the one defending their father. Always the one worried about his health the most. Yeah. Always the one worried about if, this, if things are respectful to him, you know? When Shiv says you can't trust him, right? You can see on Sarah Snook's face and the way she delivers that line, the entire season two arc... He turns to Kendall. Kendall is like, you cannot trust this guy. This show literally started with him betraying me. Like, you cannot trust. And like, so it's it's good that Roman has finally learned that now. Because I think I mentioned it before about how one by one they all got disillusioned by their father. Be it with with Connor, who didn't see his dad for three years. Mm-hmm. And then Kendall, beginning of last um, first season, and then Shiv last season, and then Roman finally. So like it's it's gone, it's gone down the pecking order of, of the siblings. And one by one, they were like, this guy is actually a monster and I should not love him. Let's talk about the kids, where he lives the kids. I mean, he lives Roman heartbroken, like literally so broken that he has to be comforted by, by his siblings. I don't know if it's between the fact that his father is a terrible person out of the company or just the fact that of, or how Jerry shuts him down. It's just like, yeah, yeah, he's, 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 in, he's in pieces. And she asked that question. I, I think it's interesting how the, her words to Roman about doing things that serve one's interests have come home to roost mm. in the most mechanical possible way. Yeah. She looks at him right in the face and you can tell that she really does feel for him in that moment and she's kind of proud of him for finally standing up to his father. How does this advance my personal position? You need to think about that 24-7. You should get that tattooed on your head. But it doesn't serve my interests. How does it serve my interests? Yeah, I preferred a theory in the last episode about how those lines from three or four, from Jerry to Roman, kind of like what flipped the switch in, in Roman's head to actually become a killer. It's like, how does this benefit me? How is this in my interest? It's a huge part of his arc this season, yeah. Yeah, and like you said it now, Jerry repeats those lines to him and he's like... Very full circle. <laughs> it just feels like, you can see that he just feels like he's been stabbed. And it's like, oh, you meant me as well? Like, it wasn't you and I against the world. It was just like you versus I versus the world. Like it wasn't like, it was like, oh, I didn't yeah. know that included me as well. He's, he's so, oh God, he's so It's heartbroken. great because it's, it's, it's kind of just, um, it just supports what you said um, in the last episode about how Kieran Culkin acts with his whole body. And yeah. it's, it's amazing because he, he had facial expressions in this episode that I've never seen on him in this show. And you can tell he's feeling like the entire range of emotions that the mm-hmm. character of Roman Roy is actually capable mm-hmm. of. He goes from like high to low to somewhere in the middle to like skyrocketing back down. And then he's like in the middle again. And then he's now back at rock bottom. Like you can see in his face, once Jerry says those words, he's like, he, that's when he knows that all hope is lost. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. It's sad because it, it's his turn. 
Right. Kendo has had this. Kendo has had this breakdown. Shiv has had this breakdown. Even though she was almost partly her fault as well. But it was always always going to happen. Like, it's his turn to be like... Now, again, we know why he, why the shot of him smoking the cigar was in the opening credits. Like, it was his turn to be destroyed by his father. Good catch. Um, Kendo. So, obviously, Kendo has this big emotional... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Purge? Um... Cleansing. Cleansing, maybe. I don't come back right, but like he, he finally... Weight off his shoulders. Seventh of his siblings, and you can see how, how broken he was. And again, um, my thoughts and prayers go to Haja for watching that episode, <laughs> uh, watching that sequence. Um, but yeah, you can, you can obviously... It's a lot for him, and I love that he was able to say that to them. And I guess in their own way, they were able to... I'm just... I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I'm just remembering Shiv saying... You really fucked my wedding in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, in the like, middle of being on the phone, she's like, as she, she, she's like, she's talking to Laird, and then she hears, yeah, she remembers, she she's hears like, him oh, back, and she's like, bro, like, it was deep. Like, <laughs> you, you really fucked my wedding, like, you killed somebody and also took a coup. But yeah, um, yeah, kind of obviously has that, that low point, and, and I'm just, I'm happy that, I don't know, that it was his siblings able to bring him out Kind of, as we've established, Roman said some terrible but very funny jokes to bring him out. And then I, I think once they put the, the possibility of patricide on the table, it was like, oh yeah, I'm back. I'm ready. Let's go kill father. Give me the shotgun. I've been ready since we're four. Yeah, like, that was good. So, but, yeah, exactly. But his, but his reactions in the room were just incredible because he's like, yeah, I've been here before. Yeah, like, just he, like he was so composed because of that. Like, not me too. Yeah, like, you can see on his face, he's like, I was already at rock bottom before I came here. Like, yeah. in a sense, this is this is this is kind of the most interesting thing that's happened to him all day. Like, <laughs> honestly, like he he has a new lease on life since the pool, right? He was just reduced. I think his reduction kind of began in episode three, disruption, where that letter mm-hmm. comes out. Which, uh, well, I've already talked about how he instigated that on his own. But yeah, it's it's just you kind of see his decline from there, and as he starts to decline, Roma starts to rise. Meanwhile, Shiv notably stays stagnant and you can see how much it frustrates her, right? So now all of them are kind of like converging into like the mediocre place that Logan wants them to be in order to feed his own interests. So Shiv. Shiv. She did like nobody expected what Caroline was going to do. Like, I think you said it earlier, like you're focusing on the terrible father. You forget about the terrible mother. So I don't, I don't think that's something that actually after Shiv has just had that whole onion conversation literally after 24 hours ago, no one is expecting that. And I think she's like, okay, it's it's bad. It's bad for her and everything. But obviously the realization that it was Tom is is a lot for her to take. I think that's obviously what sent her, sends her to tears. And it's interesting because this is the first time I think Shiv is not impulsive. Shiv seems to be calculating. Like, Well, she seems to be just, you know, crying. And yes, but she could have confronted taking, Tom. I mean, but she didn't. She really put the game face on there. Yes, when when she's crying and Tom comes to her and she's like, yeah, um, steals up and she's like, yeah, mom. Oh, so, I- so you guys, so it's definitely you guys definitely think she knew it was Tom. Oh yeah, yeah. If the show is telling us it's Tom, then she knows it's I, Tom. I do think because as soon as she was thinking, it's one of those things where like the show will make its implications, but usually it will do that through the perspective of a character. And as soon as she asks who could have told him, who could have told him, she looks out the door and she sees Logan like tapping, giving Tom a pat on the back. 
And then Tom comes in and he's like, what happened? And she's like, like, that's a mix of emotions, right? Because she's processing that he has done what he's done. Then she has also processed that he's playing coy and acting dumb about it. And then yeah. she goes through all that for like two seconds. And then she puts her gay face on. It's just like, yeah, you know, mom screwed us over. And I think, you know, Tom just appearing there in that moment, it took the actual breath out of my lungs. <laughs> like, I mean, there's so much that happens in this show that we love that like kind of blows us away. But this is probably the most shocked I've been in a while because I knew I, I knew Tom was going to do something after he talked to Greg. But I thought yeah. that he was going to do something to prepare for what Shiv, Roman, and Kevin might be doing. So, like, mm-hmm. we all fell into, like, this this lull or this this kind of trap of, like, what might happen because we, we thought that we had some security. And that's what Logan does, right? He rips security out from under people. And Tom has learned a lot about looking out for himself this season. Yeah. Greg's not the only person who's been, I guess, maturing in the shadows. <laughs> so, yeah. Up to, up to that point, because I thought up to that point, I was thinking, oh, Logan knew that the kids had this in their back pocket, or rather this was in the agreement. It was his own idea to go and fix it and, and change it. So I wasn't even thinking of who gave him the information until, until Shiv is like, who told him we're coming? And then Tom comes and I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, it's you. Okay. It's the way she's crying, like, speaking about acting your entire body, you can see Sarah Snook is like clutching her stomach like, She's literally about, she does not know what's going on. It's like she's about to throw. It's a gut punch. Really? Yeah, and I, exactly. Literally, it's a gut punch. I think it's, that is the, it's the betrayal from Tom. It's not about her father winning or whatever. That, all that can happen is the betrayal from Tom and father yeah, Tom. You said you didn't love him. You said you flushed <laughs> his children down the toilet. Like, Look, you guys know where I found me, Tom. No, yes, yet, we do. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you just don't pick now. Why now? You could have, you could have stood up. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, let me know. But yeah, it obviously sets the table for what could be very interesting. Um, you're the person that hates power dynamics Rava, and everything. Rava, aren't you? So I mean, you're I don't know. You hate Rava? I don't hate Rava. He, he thinks he thinks Rava's sort of um, passive aggressiveness towards Kendall is completely unjustified. No, I've never said that. I never said unjustified. I said that. I said it's a lot. When he's been, you know, mm. a shitty dad, shitty husband. I think. I, I do think that she has moments where she's unnecessarily mean and she always apologizes, but I don't yeah, exactly. think that, I, I do think that she's coming from a place that is justified because she, she loved this guy. She tried to build a life with him. She raised or attempted to raise children with him. I mean, she mentioned a moment where like they had to wipe off cocaine from the children's iPad. Number one, dad. That's, I mean, there's, if it gets to a point like that, like you, you definitely get like, you know, you kind of when you when you when you reach a point like that, then you know that this person has tried. <laughs> Literally, I like, agree with everything. I agree with everything you're saying. I'm just saying that sometimes she doesn't have to bring in the mean comment unprovoked. I agree. I agree. She is. But you know what? Mean at times. Do you know what that ties into? Is what is the entire is the logline of this show? Like HBO can market this show as succession colon hurt people hurt people because I don't know everyone's just true. everyone's just angry and mean. That's life, isn't it? So uh, I, I don't think Rava is coming from me an unjustifiable place. I just think that sometimes she's a little bit too mean. I think she, she I think she should even be meaner. Another thing about the whole sh- um, Shiv reaction thing, mm-hmm. it's it's something I've been thinking about a lot this season. Well, I guess in addition to all the other things I've been thinking about a lot this season, uh, the blocking, the blocking in this show mm. is incredible. Um, this is one example. Like when she has that reaction, and you can see that it's affecting her whole body. Mm-hmm. And then you can see Roman and Kendall kind of trying to process in the background. You know, Tom is still standing there. Shift steps away. And then mm-hmm. Tom comes over. 
And then he puts his, his hands on her shoulders mm. in a gesture of comfort. Whereas he's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, where somebody steals something from you and then offers to help you look oh, for it. That's a good analogy. So it, it's, it's just weird in that way. And I like how the way the show is filmed and the way the people in the scene move reflect that completely. I mean, there's so many other great examples of blocking. There's, I already talked about the one in the chapel where like we see Greg sitting between his two love interests. Yeah. Um, Looks back at Willa. Yeah. Another one was, I mean, you guys were talking about when um, Logan and Roman arrived at Matson's house mm. and he's completely different from when Roman got there. Like he shakes his hand. He doesn't shake Roman's hand. Doesn't even look at Roman, you know? And then even when Logan is trying to come out of the boats, and Roman is trying to give him a hand out and he only takes the hand of like the guy who was actually driving the boat because he's disgusted with Roman oh, right yeah, now. Like, I got that. It doesn't, yeah. All these, and Roman's facial um, expression in reaction to that as well, all these different things say so much without the use of lines. So I think it's almost unfair to every other show that on top of all this, Succession has such great lines. It's just not because fair. Because like, <laughs> the show is just exploding in expression. Because of how the show is filmed and with the whole... Um, snap zoom and all that like I think a lot of the times but obviously they would actually do their blocking and everything but a lot of times when there's movement involved the camera operators don't necessarily want to know where the actors are going so like they've like an actor will be like oh I'm gonna go under this table here and we're like don't tell me don't tell me I want to follow you I want like the camera to feel like it's following you so like a lot of times it's like it's the camera operators reacting to what the actors are doing and it's just look every department is just working at the top of their game on this show and when you have that you have a, you have a great show I was listening to Mark Malloy talk about how he didn't feel like they, they had an ending for that scene until they decided to just like stay with Sarah Snook and stay with Shiv after she gets, after she processes all that information. He's like, yeah, we have. Yeah, we have the ending. That was an excellent choice. Yeah. <sighs> what, a, what a shame. I just, I just remembered um, in episode eight when Kendall tells Caroline, so what is your son getting and what's your ex-husband who you hate getting? It's just like, all that comes back to, to play a part in the finale. Uh, okay, so... We're running long, as always, because this is an incredible show. Everybody and I are going to quickly talk about where we think this season might be going as they're going to season four. And Obira is going to leave us because apparently he has more important things to do than talk about succession with me. So, yeah, unfortunately. Okay. So, Obira, when I drag you back during your winter break, talk about the Golden Globes. Don't be annoyed because you sold your seats. So, where do we think this show could go into season four? So obviously, between seasons one and two, there were like maybe two, three days between between both seasons, like in the show world. Between two, um, seasons one and two, yeah. Between two and three is like minutes. Yeah, two, three days. <laughs> minutes between seasons. Basically. So, I mean, I'm interested to see like if the show picks up immediately after they give like a few, maybe weeks or months for things to settle. We can't know. What does this mean? What does this deal mean for the kids? Put it in like hard facts. Does this mean that they're out of the company completely. They don't go to board meetings. What exactly happens? I think that they are not fully out of the company yet. I think at the very least, Roman might actually have a, a bit of a shot at some control. Mm. Um, Kendall, probably not because Logan is negotiating this deal and he might not want to do that. Even though he, he on a big level would want to look out for Kendall somehow, but it might not be here. Um, as far as Pinky is concerned, I mean, I don't know what Logan wants for her, um, but what she had mostly was um, control in terms of, of shares. She recently got a board seat 
thanks to the maneuver she pulled at the shareholder meeting. I think that all the power, as Obira said, has been um, diluted somehow if this deal actually goes through, which I don't see why it wouldn't. Um, Gojo's market cap can acquire theirs um, as a merger of equals, right? I say they're probably close to the same in, 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 a, in a ballpark sense, right? So Matsin wouldn't want family control threatening what he's just mm-hmm. acquired. So he probably would try to take their power down a notch. And even if they retain board seats, they may their voting power might actually be um, drastically reduced. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Connor, I think, is still in good graces, or at the very yeah. least, the same graces, whatever graces he, His was, graces he was in with Logan. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I feel for him in a way, you know, because he's doing all this stuff and like he's like, I'm the eldest son. I am me, right? And it's funny because he thinks he's beyond Lothbrook, but he's really Sigurd, maybe Bitsuck at best. <laughs> so I think I, I think it's 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 funny what's going on with him because I also said that he might strategically get married to Willa and <laughs> man, he actually goes and proposes and that's just come on man. I mean he does say that Skarsgard will not allow ATN like help him essentially. So Yeah, and because Skarsgard has no reason to. Again, how does this now play when they go into like Justin Kirk's character and everything? Like what happens there with this whole that's interesting. I'm trying to see what happens there. It, it would be interesting to me to see if the voice of ATN would change. However, I'm not sure it would change as much because while we've been looking a lot at what makes Gojo attractive to Waystar, which is mm. their reach, their technology, and their relevance in the new era, we also need to take a little bit of a glance at what makes Gojo, what makes Waystar attractive to Gojo, like the other way around. Um, we we know that Matson wants um, the power of a legacy brand. Their content library. And the influence that that brings, but it's also their content, yes. So because he's interested in their content, he's attracted to their content, or, content, or at the very least, the amount of capital that it can bring for him in terms of revenue and eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I think that he's fine with their content and he wouldn't want to change ATN's voice too much. Like, like, like Roman once said, right, we do hate speech and roller coasters. Truly rich people aren't as interested in money as they are in power. And like the power here is kind of what, what he wants. So Mattson, I think, will want to maximize that, which in a, which um, inevitably means minimizing what the family would have. Logan probably would keep a title. He would cash out. Maybe he has a little bit of voting stock because, you know, Mattson respects him and everything. But I don't know how it would be for the children. They might actually have to fend for themselves in a first world problem kind of way. They'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. What was you guys' favorite piece of acting in this episode? I can't. I, can't. I don't see if anyone has the same one as me. I'll give you options. I cannot pick one. Three. Give me three. Okay, I'll give you three. Um... So I can't give you three or four. Okay. So one fun. is the obvious, obviously, Kendall saying yes. all saying all his scenes. That's one. His monologue. Yeah, that's one. Two is two is just like Kieran Culkin's reaction in that entire sequence, man. The like from one. from all that to going to beg to beg Jerry and everything. That's it. You three, know what's crazy? Kieran Culkin in the 
Martin conversation was great as well. Like the way yeah. his face changed as soon as Martin suggests. Yeah, he's like, wait, what's going on? Like, Dad, why aren't you saying to fuck off? Um, and then three is obviously the end. Shiv, like, Shiv yeah. realizing that, oh, I'm going to have to kill this guy. And then four is Logan impersonating Shiv. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm, I'm just going to like, come out and say with my chest that, like, Logan impersonating Shiv is the Because you, you just said we can have three. <laughs> but if you said only one, that would have been my one. I started dying. <laughs> I also think it also shows like when you spend your time with somebody or your family with somebody, you get to know their takes and impersonate them. And like Roman has impersonated Kendall yeah. a lot, very well during yeah. the season. Yes. He impersonates Logan. This like because you know that. And I think the fact that Logan can impersonate Shiv so quickly is like he's you. He's watched her enough to know how to impersonate her, which is exactly. And I mean, because he finds her words so ridiculous as well, you know. Everything Kieran Culkin was doing, I think his acting this season was taken up to like a whole new notch. My number one favorite acting moment from this episode was how was how obviously difficult that phone call was for Tom when he was talking to Shiv and Shiv was telling him everything they were about to do. And he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we can cite you as sources. And then Good he act. hangs up and then he's just looking. And then even when Ke- um, Greg right. comes to speak to him, you can see that Tom is just like, fuck, this is happening. Yeah, it's like, fuck, this He's is still happening. dazed. It's just, ah. Oh, yeah. Tom Worms guns. I just love Greg, man. Greg was like, yeah, you're right. Which is what we've been saying since episode one. These guys don't treat Greg properly on this show. And now look at it. Everyone's always taking him for a fool. Not buying him a watch. Or always insulting. Like, look at where you are. This guy's never learned. Yeah. Greg's about to have a, a what's that kind of relation? A throttle. Okay, I think that's a good point to end this podcast. Before, before we get to to After Dark on this podcast. Um, thank you to anyone who's managed to stay with us throughout this episode. I mean, you guys know it was an incredible season, so we had to give it an incredible reaction episode. Um, as always, guys, please feel free to reach out to us on our Instagrams and Twitters or whatever you want to talk about the show. Please, if you haven't, um, follow us on whatever platform you're listening to, like, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, yeah, and I said next week we'll be talking about some of the best shows of the year that you didn't hear about, so maybe if you want new shows. And I'll also be giving my top 10 list of 2021. So for now, it's a big thank you and shout out to our guest, Abu Bey. Um, thank you for, thank you for being on and... Thank you again for having me. Shout out to Jesse Armstrong, Mark Malloy, and the cast and crew of Succession. Shout out to my co-host, Obi-Wan Georgi Fiacho who ran away before we could finish. And to our producer, who had to just be on, because... Yeah, no, I don't think you did work today, right, Ibuka? Because I felt like, once you watched this episode, you were just like, that was your personality for the entire day, just like Succession. <laughs> Tweeting and messaging about Succession. Wait, this is the second time Banky's going to get me sacked. Like, two weeks in a row, Banky has almost got me sacked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you to everyone, obviously, as always. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I think that's it, man. Guys, thank you. Thank you for being on. The verdict is love, Your Honor. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.